0: Welcome to Season 3 of The Edge Conversations, a podcast series produced by the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, a collection of personal and inspiring stories fueling IMB's pursuit of cutting-edge research. Professor David Craik travels to far-flung places, including Mount Kilimanjaro, the Himalayas and Peru, looking for tiny proteins. His work has found him in some pretty interesting places and predicaments, including a case of mistaken identity and an appointment to a scientific society whose members include Stephen Hawking and Charles Darwin. So, David, thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, thanks, Janine. It's a pleasure and thanks for having me.
0: You are more than welcome. Okay, first question for you, David, it's... um. Is it true that you were once confused for James Bond?
1: It actually is true, Janine. Um, Probably not in the way you're thinking, but uh, I I did some consulting work for a German pharmaceutical company some years ago and they are actually paying quite good money, in fact, more than I thought I deserved. And I sort of got a clue as to why that was when I got the contract from them by a courier that was addressed to Professor Dr Daniel Craig. And as you... No, Daniel Craig is the actor that plays James Bond. So I think um, someone in the office thought that maybe they were getting Daniel Craig rather than me. But um, oh.
0: there's the
1: there's the the uh, point of uh, of uh, recognition as me as James Bond.
0: <laughs> well, I hope the remuneration stayed the same.
1: <laughs> well, I uh, hear he gets about 137 million per movie, and I don't get paid that much. But um, oh. I have I have more fun working with my scientific uh, peptides and proteins.
0: I think so. <laughs> um, so in that light that, you know, you're working with this company in Germany, uh, your research has actually taken you all over the world, collecting rare plants and specimens. Would you like to tell us about this? And, and what's your favourite adventure been?
1: Um, well, yeah, we, we focus on peptides and proteins, just little chains of amino acids that are bioactive molecules that plants make to defend themselves. But we've discovered over the years that some of these peptides are super stable and that we might be able to re-engineer them as as next-generation medicines. So I've had lots of great fun travelling around the world to, to try and discover how common these natural peptides are and how we might use them. Um, I guess I've been to China and Africa and South America, uh, lots of interesting places all, all across the Simpson Desert and up to Cape York. But I, I do like going to Africa and um, going to the, the Usambara Mountains in, in uh, Tanzania in particular and looking at some really uh, interesting plants, plants there. We've had lots of adventures in Africa.
0: David, you've been admitted to the Royal Society and stand amongst some of the world's best scientific brains of the last 400 years, Isaac Newton, Charles Darwin, Kathleen Lonsdale, Barbara McClintock, even David Attenborough has been admitted to the Society for his uh, documentary work. Can you describe what it's like to get that kind of call? Like, you know, were you at home? Was it the middle of the night? (laughs)
1: Um, look, it was just so exciting and so unexpected. I, I knew I'd been nominated to get into the Society, but it's such a hard thing to do that you don't ever expect it will happen. And I actually got a text message um, at about 3 o'clock in the morning from the person that had nominated me. It happened to be on April Fool's Day, and I thought this would be a horrible April Fool's joke. If, if he was having fun with me but it, it turned out to be real and I just feel so honoured and humbled the fun thing I'm actually looking forward to is that you get to go to London to an induction ceremony where you have to sign the book um, that has previously been signed and I'm told that you need to sign this with a goose feather dipped in ink so I've been practicing trying to dip a goose feather into ink to sign my name because I would hate to blot the book and uh, wipe out Isaac Newton's signature, for example. I'm sure they they protect it very much, but um, it's not an easy thing to do to sign things with a goose feather.
0: Oh, so when are you doing that?
1: Uh, This will be in June, in London in June.
0: Oh, fantastic. Now, your research is built on a discovery decades ago based on a tea drunk by Congolese women who were in the process of giving birth. Can you talk us through how this tea has led to your current work?
1: Yeah, sure, Janine. Um, what, what happened is that a Norwegian doctor went down into the Congo in the 1960s, late 1960s and early 70s, uh, on a Red Cross relief effort. But while he was there, he noticed that when women went into labour in the hospitals, the birth was always fast. And as you said, they were drinking a tea made from a local plant and he discovered that the active ingredient was a, a peptide, a small protein, which he called colata B1. Um and years and years later, I read about this and got hold of some of this this plant material and, and isolated the peptide. And then we discovered that it had a really interesting structure in that rather than being a chain of amino acids, as most peptides are, it was a chain that linked back on itself to make a ring. And so it was a very, very stable molecule.
0: So what does this mean? You We have one that is kind of like in a circle, a cyclic peptide, and other peptides are open-ended, is this right?
1: That's, that's right. So the, you know, peptides and proteins are the working molecules of life and they're, they're usually just chains of amino acids, but they're susceptible to being broken down by enzymes. Um, you know, when you have a, a steak meal that's just protein, the enzymes in, in your stomach will digest that protein by chopping it to pieces. And that's what would happen with a normal peptide-based drug. But if the peptide is a chain in a circle, then the enzymes can't chew away at it. So it makes, makes it much more stable and much more suitable as a drug, which explains why the African women could make a tea uh, and it could ingest the tea with the active ingredients and, and not have it lose its activity.
0: So we have this cyclic peptide. What are you doing with them now? Like, what, How are you applying these to the
1: world's problems, I guess. Well, we're we're hoping to to solve some of the world's problems in in both medicine and agriculture. Um, And for medical applications, what we're saying is that we've discovered these super stable peptides that have a natural role in the plant as defence agents, but we can re-engineer them chemically. We can redesign them to make a new drug for pain or for prostate cancer or multiple sclerosis. because because it's a stable molecule and we can graft a desired activity onto it, then we can overcome some of the intrinsic limitations of peptides and make them more suitable as, as, as drugs.
0: So for illnesses like, um, or disease like um, diabetes and cancer, you have to have the peptides or the the medicine put into you intravenously because you can't ingest it because the peptides and the proteins get eaten by the stomach so the medicine doesn't work.
1: That's exactly right yeah so I guess the the example I could use and you mentioned diabetes, um, insulin is of course something that's that's used by diabetics um, that don't naturally produce it but even after a hundred years of insulin use we still don't have an insulin tablet, diabetics need to inject it And that's because, as you said, if there was an insulin tablet, it would just get chewed up by the enzymes in our body. So part of our work is ultimately to lead, would lead to the ability to to try and make an orally um, ingestible insulin. People much prefer to ingest rather than inject medicines. So that's really the basis of our work is trying to stabilise natural peptides so that they can be orally delivered.
0: And you've discovered one of... um these peptides in an Australian plant?
1: Yeah, so we've, we've been working um, with an Australian company called Innovate Ag that um, is making a product um, out of an extract from the butterfly pea plant, Cortoria ternatea, which is a vine plant with a beautiful blue flower. And it turns out that that plant has some of the peptides that we discovered years ago in it, and that plant uses those to protect it from, from insect pests. And so what um, this company has done is, is made an extract from that plant that contains these wonderful stable cyclic peptides and can then spray that extract onto other plants that don't have those peptides to protect them uh, from insect pests. So, for example, it's, it's now approved for use on, on cotton um, and uh, vegetable crops and, and is, is wonderfully protective against a whole range of, of insect and other pests on those, those crops.
0: So in terms of medicine for people, are you suggesting that you will be able to hopefully one day grow these peptides in certain foods and people will then be able to basically eat eat their medicine? Exactly um,
1: right. I guess this goes back to Hippocrates' days, many thousands of years ago, when let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So we're, we have the dream that because plants produce these peptides naturally, we come along as chemists and re-engineer them to be pharmaceuticals. Why not put the genes that would code for those peptides into a crop plant and then use the plant as the factory to produce it? And even more, why not produce it in the seed of a plant so that you could swallow that seed and the seed would become the biopill, or you could make a tea out of the out of the medicinal out of the plant containing the medicinal agents so that's our dream for the future to, to try and see if we could really change the face of medicine and agriculture by um, introducing a bio-farming industry where we could produce these um you know, food-based medicines if you like
0: that would really change the landscape of the pharmaceutical industry as well wouldn't it
1: well it's it, it, it won't replace the pharmaceutical industry no. there's still going to be a clear need for, for regular pharmaceuticals but of it's could green up the industry because pharmaceutical companies may wish to produce some of their their drugs in plants um, and refine the, the product and then turn it into tablets or whatever formulation they might make. And in that case, they don't need to have a manufacturing plant with harsh chemical production means, but they could be just having uh, you know, some sunlight and, and water and a bit of land to, to grow these pharmaceuticals. So I think the pharmaceutical industry could embrace this green production technology. But also it could be applied in developing countries where um, people could essentially have the power to grow um, medicinal plants in their own backyard and then make, make, make um, teas or, or, or use the seeds from plants as their, as their medicine. So I think there's a whole range of applications, both in the developing world and the developed countries as well.
0: This actually is a perfect segue to my next question, which was going to be um, looking forward 10 years into the future. What do you hope your research will lead to?
1: Well, I'm hoping that we will have been able to show that we can produce commercially and practically um, viable amounts of, of, of some of these peptides in plants, particularly for some of the diseases that people have to live with for chronic conditions for many, many years. So, for example, pain is a, is a huge unmet medical need many people uh, take opioids for pain killing but that causes all sorts of secondary side effects that um, limits the the effectiveness of these these things. If we could have some of our peptide-based medicines even expressed in a plant where people could take a maybe a sunflower seed on their breakfast cereal or in their toast and then, um, for their chronic pain then this would mean that they're, they're getting the pain relief in the, in the background whales while also getting the, their nutrition. So our aim is to try and bring the benefits of peptides to the fields of agriculture and medicine for, for human benefit.
0: I, for one, am looking forward to that day, David. Thank you very much for your time today.
1: Thanks very much for having me today.
0: Thanks for listening to The Edge Conversations. For more information on the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, visit their website, imb.uq.edu.au